Any predictions for the Jeff Keighley presents the 2019 Video Game Awards on Spike TV? I do, actually. So I've, I've been expecting this for a while, and I think now is probably the best time to introduce a new monster flavor. Like, oh, like what better time than Jeff Keighley presents the Game Awards in 2019? So, you think Kojima's whipped up something in the lab? Kojima and the boys? I think it's probably Blue Blast. I think that's what people are mostly expecting, but it really could go another way. Yeah, Green Grime has overstayed its welcome. I think it's time for Blue Blast, the new Monster Energy <laughs> flavor from Hideo Kojima and the boys in the lab. Wait, have you guys not tried Orange Oops? <laughs> Orange Oops is banned, actually, in America. Uh, so the, the import tariffs on Orange Oops are sort of out of this world. I don't even think these are real flavors. God, Justin, <laughs> play with us in the space, dude. You never want to play. You always have to be Mr. Reasonable. I think somebody needs a cup of Red Ralph. Okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> is Justin McElroy and it's all come down to this. My name is Griffin McElroy. The it now is the final hour. My name is Christopher Plant and I am the chosen one. My name is Russ Farshik and I know the best game of the week. Sorry. <laughs> Magic is back. Welcome to the Besties, a uh, video game book club all year long game of the year king of the hill contest we are continuing to break our traditional book club format traditional being the three episodes we did before we did this one uh this is our game of the year wrap up part one is already in your feeds for you to enjoy we have now uh found ourselves in uh part to the final chapter. So I'm excited to get started. Uh, We've introduced ourselves. We've introduced the concept. Um, Let's talk about how things went last time, Russ. Yeah, absolutely. So last time we had two rounds of four games. And of those rounds, we found two winners, uh, one for each round. The first winner was Outer Wilds, which I'm pretty sure I picked the right outer game in this case. It's Outer Wilds, which is the uh, indie-made a uh, space game that made me nauseous, but is also very good, apparently. Uh, the other winner was <laughs> Luigi's Mansion 3, made by the venerable folks at Nintendo, and I am just vamping until Justin sits back in his chair. <laughs> Sorry, my cat was trying to get into my office. Totally reasonable. You know, you almost didn't need to <laughs> say that. I'm trying to bring the authenticity <laughs> to the show. Almost anyone else could have spoken. There's four people on the show. I think we're trying to color the world that we live in inside of the besties universe. Now mm-hmm. we know that there's a cat, and that's it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's a, it. Yeah, that's well, all the ancillary characters. Yeah, uh, that's all. That's all of the characters that will ever be on the besties, <laughs> other than the four of us and my unnamed cat CJ. So let's tear into it. Oh, I have a special bonus treat that I cooked up for you guys. We had our listener emails section, and uh, we're going to do those as a wild card lightning round. I'm ready. Can I tell you about my game first? Is that okay? Because here's the thing about my game is I'm not going to do a great job explaining it. But if I go first, if I go first, then it won't be like as embarrassing as if I go after everybody else. My game is called... Baba is you. And I'll be uh, honest with you. I didn't catch the pun. You play as a sheep. So Baba is also you. E-W-E. 
Yeah. Oh. Listen, it gets, it only gets up from here. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't make me want to name it Game of the Year anymore. <laughs> okay. So here's how it works. Picture an uh, old-fashioned Atari video game, right? Where it's just one static screen, like E.T. on the Atari, 2D, few colors. And on the screen, there are rules, like move E.T. up to collect Skittles. What did he like? Skittles? Reese's Pieces. Yeah, I love them. Right? So move E.T. up to get Reese's Pieces. Uh, The game looks visually like that with the rules on the screen. But where it is different is all the very simple tasks that you need to do cannot actually be done at the beginning of each stage. You have to use Baba, the U, to move the words around the screen to reconfigure the rules. So if Baba is you, that'll be written on the screen, and flag is win, and you need to get to the flag, you could just swap Baba is flag is win, and then you just win by existing because Baba is the flag and Baba wins because flag is win. Yeah, it's kind of like um, if you guys played Reader Rabbit. There's a Reader Rabbit game where you would basically, you'd have a blank in the, in the sentence and it'd be like, Read a rabbit, blank, the barn. And you could put whatever you wanted in there, really. Like, there was really no telling. So, like, if you said, like, read a rabbit jumps off the barn, dog would jump off the barn. But in instead, it's Bob. Is it a dog or a rabbit? Uh, it was dog, like, D-A-W-G, dog. Yeah, okay. he's, he's putting some Randy Jackson. <laughs> a little bit of that Randy Jackson flavor. Kind of a, uh, it's almost a, a programming game in a weird it sort is. of way. Like, it, it's, it's bringing in, like, extremely basic game design into the the levels it feels like well until it became incredibly incredibly complex like programming which it does uh i adored this game but boy howdy did it like i think jump the shark difficulty wise like really fast yeah i would almost say that there are two games there's like the first 50 stages which are fun And I think the very traditional sense that everybody will enjoy it. Hey, it's subverting how rules work in video games. You can bend the game. And then the rest of the game is about learning the actual language of the game and figuring out how to like use wordplay to break the game. So getting things to turn into two things at once, but then splitting them into two new objects. There are literally puzzles in the back half of the game where stuff that you need to win are are not there, and you have to kind of create verbal alchemy to create things to finish those stages. And I'll be honest, here's how I enjoyed them, watching them on YouTube (laughs) um, with very, very, very intelligent people uh, talking me through their solutions. I do feel like I like it conceptually and spiritually. And I think I've talked a little bit about this somewhere. I don't know if it was on this show, but certainly somewhere. It did make me feel dumb, like a (laughs) multiple number of times. And granted, that might be an accurate portrayal of me, but it made me feel dumb. But the other thing that I like, even though I like it spiritually and I like what it's doing, I also really hate Sakuban games, which effectively it is a box pushing game. Slide puzzles um, is uh, a way f- to put it. It's for like people. a slide puzzle, yeah. Sakuban's <laughs> like the nerdy way to say that. And yeah. uh, they just you like, say. I know what it wants <laughs> me to do. I know that I need to get the word and over to the left side of the screen. But to do that, I have to like, re- like ugh, I hate slide puzzles. And um, I don't know. I felt like that took a little bit of the charm, even though I appreciate the need for it. It just kind of took a little bit of the charm away from it. 
And also the fact that like, okay, I worked really hard to get this word over there and now it's not quite doing what I think it should be doing, which granted has to do with what Plant was talking about, which is like learning the language of it. Yeah, that's 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 kind of where it lost me is like when everything sort of did what it said on the tin, right? Like wall is stop. If you move stop out of that sentence structure, now you can walk through walls because it doesn't stop you. Like trying to figure out these sort of physical nature of the world to make to break those rules or to create the rules that you need like i loved that and i i could spend all day playing that it's when they introduce thing like uh, a thing like the teleport pad right and now there's this teleport pad and it has its own rules or uh now there's this new interaction of this is hot and this is melt or this is sink and this is this is stop. And if you push a stop over a sink, then it fills it in. So they both get destroyed. There's certain things that aren't especially intuitive that then like it feels like you're not just trying to solve the these like physical slide logic puzzles. You're also like having to like figure out how all of these interactions work. Mm-hmm. And that was like a a third layer of like logic puzzling that didn't feel especially fair. And, and I was not really willing to put in the time to to crack it. Yeah, I think it's uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about Goose Game later, but like I think it it shows really well and is like an amazing trailer and I think a lot of the puzzles are genuinely like satisfying and really cool to play, but it also I think after a while can be rough. I do think for what it's worth Switch is like the best platform for it because it's the sort of game that you can just like crack away at a puzzle while you're watching Netflix or something like that or on the subway and it like really fits well for this style of game. I also do encourage people to just watch it. I mean this is like I think kind of my new refrain and maybe this is just me getting old but I think there is a value in appreciating games that aren't for you or that kind of go past what you want to invest in them because I think that's a big thing with this game right is it's not necessarily that I think the design is poor I think that it just becomes a different thing that doesn't appeal to me as much. But watching people break through it, I mean, I actually love the game more having watched the later levels with like really great um, explanations of how they work. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up, you just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi, and once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old, I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old, and they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family, all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it, I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm uh, I'm ready to talk about a, a different video game. Tell me cool. all about it. This I, I didn't like Bob as you. No, That's my you. contribution. <laughs> anyway, I don't know why. I don't have an explanation. I didn't think critically about it too much. I've got a lot of kids. <laughs> my game that I'd like to talk about is one that was kind of a late. This is this is the amazing story. I thought that this game was on our game of the year list, so I played it to completion before I realized that it was not, in fact, on our game of the year list. So I decided that I would rectify that uh, great shame. Disco Elysium is a CRPG, to use a very meaningless genre descriptor. I've heard that applied to computer RPG and classic RPG, Oh, uh, both. I think at this point it's probably classic. Classic feels like more applicable. It was originally Um, computer, but yeah. That just means you're walking around the world, you're a hard-boiled detective who has lost his memory and is assigned a partner to help you solve a murder in sort of a rundown shanty town. I guess you, you could say there's a labor conflict going on between dock workers and the dock owners that you have to try to navigate. There is the, the question of your missing memory that you have to sort of unfold. And there's all manner of people with like their own individual problems that they need you to help solve very like uh, structurally like pretty standard crpg stuff the thing that sets this game apart for me for one it's really really well written it's really (laughs) it's really well written it plays with the fact that it's a video game a lot i'm not going to like repeat funny lines here or whatever but like trust that it is like it is a game that allows you to be a sort of an unhinged person who says like really bizarre stuff and it leans into it and has accounted for you behaving in that way. In fact, as you, well, let me back up a little bit. There is a a bunch of characters in this world that you interact with, but there are also just as many characters that are inside your head and they're sort of impulses are parts of the psyche that are represented as individual characters, right? So there's one character called uh, uh, the, I say character, but uh, one impulse called electrochemistry that is about your need for and knowledge of like drugs and other substances. So when you encounter drugs in the world, electrochemistry will pop up sort of in your own head, in your dialogue saying like, Hey, actually that would be amazing let's like let's get some of that let's do that and if you're higher in your electrochemistry skill more dialogue options will become available to you and sort of like help to guide conversations right like uh, there's a skill called like uh suggestion right or empathy and those voices will pop up when you're mid-conversation to say things like hey don't push this too hard they're close. They're going to break if you push this or try pushing on that, try digging deeper. But those voices are like on constant skill checks. Yeah. So whether or not you get that little bit of feedback or guidance is dependent on how high your skills are in that particular area. And the game actually does a dice roll, which is cute. Like, I like that a lot that you actually mm-hmm. need to like roll a 2d6 and it needs to be over. 14 or whatever. Justin mentioned this. It's constant. Like the skill check resolution is constant. The like 
way it is interpreted in game world is so fascinating because you'll see like all of your I forget the exact like color coordination but like all of your green skills are your motorix skills which is like your hand-eye coordination and so like if you see a green circle on some shelf and you click it like that is some you know usually trivial like thing that you saw sitting on that shelf only because you're like noticing shit skill was up high enough yeah it's constant or you'll have like a little yellow circle above your head because like your brain just pieced something together and that might not be true if your intellect skills like weren't quite as as high so one one kind of big point though this game i think it sounds amazing and sounds like honestly like kind of the future of role-playing games but on the flip side it does sound like you have to read a lot and like books dude i I almost bailed on this game yeah. because I I will say biggest like fault that this game has is and I I'm not this is not a joke right okay very quick sidebar I personally as a and I and I would apply this to a lot of visual novels though not all visual novels I personally don't think interactive media is the best place for huge piles of text I feel like if I'm into an interactive experience that kind of shoves me away a little bit and forces me into a more observer position. And I don't feel like huge piles of text are best suited to like an interactive experience where I want to be influencing and impacting it. There are like politics is a big part of this game uh, and racism. And there's a lot of characters that will go on fairly long tangents about their political views. And you just kind of have to, get through it and i was kind of role-playing i guess i decided to role-play as a character that was only sort of half listening when people talked (laughs) (laughs) that was kind of my whole style i will say it accounts for that it sort of allows for it but especially early on when you're not super invested you're meeting like a lot of characters and i got to this point where i was like please don't let me meet anybody else. Please, for the love of God, I can't take on anymore. I think that's a barrier you have to push through. I do want to mention, and so we haven't really talked about this, but as far as, as much as I played, there's like no combat in the game. Well, is there? I certainly haven't hit like a, you know, now time stops, roll for initiative thing, but there is, you know, you have a physique skill. There can be punching and shooting. There's not a combat system per se, but there are skill checks. Right. To beat someone in combat. Right. If, if say, you want to, like, deck someone, you need a certain, like, role. The way I look at Disco Elysium and why I think I agree with Plant, it, with it being kind of the future of role-playing games, is that it removes the weird dissonance between your point, role-playing as a character, but also you're this dude running around with 50 guns, slaughtering an entire village of monsters, whatever. It feels like you're playing the non-combat portions of an actual D&D game. Um, which I really do not recall ever seeing in a video game before in this way and as consistent as it is, which I think is really incredible. It's in it, but it really has. I don't want people to confuse it with like one of the more experiential games that you just sort of observe. It's not like that. The the ones that people sort of jokingly call a walking simulator. it's It's not that. It's just the mechanics are built around the actual role playing part of it. I want to talk about one other thing just because I think it's like really really interesting there's this thing in the game called uh, the thought cabinet yeah and this might have scared me away when i opened the thought cabinet oh, I was it's like, oh, so God. cool if i if i explain the idea to you it will it does not do a great job of explaining okay. it but what they basically are perks 
to use a, a gameplay term, there are perks that, well, I'll give you an example. You'll encounter ideas in the world, thoughts. If you decide to sort of like engage with those thoughts, there's a certain period of time where you choose internalize and there's a certain period of game time that will pass where you'll be thinking about this thought that you encountered, right? Once it's done, once you're done thinking about it, it turns into something you've internalized, basically a perk that will grant you a plus to this skill and or a minus to this skill. In some case, there's one called like actual art degree. If you talk to people about art a lot, eventually that option will come up and you'll think about like, did I have an art degree? And at the end of it, you, yeah, I did. So that's like, and it's like a perk that you will continue to have. There's, um, uh, one, uh, what was the one that was, uh, about you being, a uh, like a really great cop, like a rock star, super cop, some kind of superstar. That's what it's called. <laughs> if you, if you refer to yourself enough as like a hot shot, badass super cop, <laughs> eventually you will get the thought in your head that you are a super cop. And <laughs> what it does, if you finish the thought, it lowers your logic skill one, but raises the caps for all your other skills. Yeah. Because you've internalized the idea that you're an astounding <laughs> cop and you have like more, you can become a communist that will open up like, if you say communist stuff a lot, it'll open up the thought that you're, maybe you're a uh, a super communist. <laughs> and then you'll like, not only can you develop that skill, you will find dialogue options where people are like, all right, buddy, that's a bit much for me. Yeah. Like you can steer every discussion towards communism to a point where people get upset with you. It's like really, really, really impressive. A little bit like hard to get into, but like, well, well worth it. I thought it was just fascinating. Yeah. It's a cool game. We should move on to a new one, right? Yes, I can do mine. Go for it. This was my favorite game of the year by a pretty enormous margin. I beat it like six times. I've never like gone so hard on New Game Plus shit as I did with Sekiro Shadows Die Twice from Activision and their great games department that brought you Crash Bandicoot for the PlayStation <laughs> 1. Uh, most notably, it's a From Software game. They make the Dark Souls. You know them. You love them. Sekiro, I lo- uh, From Software is probably my favorite like active game developer today just because every single one of their games since Demon Souls, like I have been like all in on. And I was really worried about Sekiro before it came out because there were a few things about it that seemed like they were kind of a departure. Namely that like it was peeling away a lot of the RPG stuff that existed in Dark Souls and Bloodborne. It's not necessarily all about creating these very specific character builds. Uh, There's not a character creator at all. So it's not like, oh, well, I spec'd in pyromancy and dexterity weapons, and that's how I play the game, and it determines. And there's certain builds like, oh, if I go with a magic build, then it'll be easier for me to hang back and sort of pick off bosses and wait for them to die. Sekiro is very much like a character action game structurally speaking it still has the soul stuff of you know bonfires you rest at and enemies respawn and etc etc but like it has a control set and that's how you're going to play it you play as the wolf he's got a you know a katana and he's got a prosthetic arm that you can load with different tools and he's got a grappling hook and so it's not like there's a lot of other stuff there's not a lot of like opportunities for for exploits against like anything there's no sort of cheap way to play the game 
I think that's why as many people bounced off it. That's as, why as I bounced did. off of it. Yeah. Be- because in, in uh, you know, Dark Souls 3, you hit a boss and you get stomped on. You can leave and go grind levels mm-hmm. and go find some weapon and grind that up until that's powerful. And then you can go in with a team of three real life people like helping you out. Sekiro is just like, yep, you're going to fight this boss again and you're going to do it and do it and do it and do it until you crack the case. And that is in some ways, like it makes it the most punishing game they've ever made. In other ways, like they do have this mechanic, the eponymous uh, mechanic where once you die, you can resurrect once and, you know, get a leg up, but that has its own inherent risks because if you resurrect too many times, then people in the world start getting sick. There's, there's all this different stuff. The reason why it's my game of the year, the reason I went back to playing it as many times as, as I did. And I say this very confidently trophies, trophies, baby. (laughs) It is the best way sword fighting has ever been interpreted in a video game. It is just fighting the most basic dudes in this game feels so, so, so good. Fighting bosses, like whether it is a big, big, big ape uh, who is a real asshole or just like, you know, another like samurai that you you just have to, you know, duel with on top of, uh, you know, a temple roof somewhere. Uh, it's thrilling and so, so challenging the, the the thing that they sort of like settled in on is uh, you have a posture meter in addition to your health meter. And once your posture meter is like, you know, filled up, then you leave yourself open for a death blow. Mm-hmm. So it's all about like you can go in and try and do the Dark Souls thing of just like blocking and dodging and waiting for your opening and getting in there and getting in a couple hits before you dodge out. But if you do that, their posture meter is never going to dip down to a point where you can get the death blow. This game like it very much punishes the patient approach. You have to always be engaged in the battle in there, swinging to to break their posture as well as like chipping away at their health. Yeah. That like balance felt so good every single fight, uh, especially the, the, you know, the final incredibly, incredibly, incredibly difficult fights that, that this game puts out. I completely agree with the sword fighting. I think the sword fighting feels amazing and I appreciated like the boss fight stuff. The problem that I had is that the boss fights in Souls games are my, the least fa- my least favorite parts of Souls games, um, mostly because usually the camera is can't really handle it. Like the camera was not designed to handle it, and also the difficulty. Like you're right, like they are designed to for memorization and figuring out the patterns and abusing them, and it's tremendously satisfying when you finally do it. But do I want to spend three hours on the same boss fight? No, probably not. Thankfully, in, in in Souls games, you have the backup option of just summoning right. people and making it easy. And granted, that is not an option here. You need to beat it legitimately to the point where I would much rather appreciate their like incredible world building and sword fighting and all that stuff on an easier difficulty. I realize there's been a lot of drama about this over the last year, but like... Yeah, and we don't need to relitigate that. Uh, just for me, I would personally would have been more game to play through it if it was easier and and yeah i realize people want difficulty but did you bounce off of lady butterfly i feel like lady butterfly is the boss fight where shit gets very real very yeah fast that might that have been i don't remember it's been eight months but yeah i'm sort of in between like i think i probably would have 
I got very close to putting this game down and never playing it again. Like I, and it, and it, nothing against the game itself. It's just like, didn't seem like a good match for me as a person. Um, eventually for whatever reason, I was intrigued enough that I kept with it. And that weird sort of like effect of loving it more because I had to work very hard to get good at it. I did enjoy for somebody that doesn't have like, you know, my track record with these sorts of games is a little mixed. Um, what I did like about, I do normally am very put off by the whole, like get good sort of mentality. What I did like about it in this game is that a lot of times in the souls games, when people talk about getting good, what they actually mean is to get a weapon other than the weapon you've been using for the entire <laughs> game and level it up and learn how to use Shoot that. The and dragon the, in the tail for no reason and get exactly, the best sword for the first five. Minutes. Right. And then it's like, what I liked about this game is that like, I, I did have the stuff I needed. Like I didn't have not have like the huge hammer that kills him instantly. Like I had the stuff I needed. I just kind of had to bang my head against it uh, until I, I, I got the rhythms and like, I, I watched, I mean, God bless a lot of the um, very entertaining YouTubers that put up like, uh, uh, strategies for how to do good at the bosses. Like they, they were very, those, those are great to watch, but, uh, I thought it was fantastic. Justin did DM me after completing the last boss fight with an exuberant, like, fuck that dude. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the, like, that's that it's rich stuff. It's rich and delicious. Yeah. I, I very much enjoyed, uh, Sekiro shadows die twice, a video yeah. game by the developer of crash Bandicoot coop <laughs> <laughs> and blasto. <laughs> I think it's my favorite game of theirs. I think Bloodborne was up there, but uh, this this is the first game where I have really had to engage with all the mechanics of combat as designed by From Software and not just like hide in a corner and pop off spells and block and block and block and block and block. This was the one where, you know, there's a there there is progression, right? There are some things you can do to try and get a little bit of an edge. Like if there's an enemy that uses a lot of thrusting attacks, there's a, a counter skill for that that you can get where you just stomp their sword to the ground and open them up for for a death blow. That feels good uh, every time that you do it. That's an interesting mechanic too. The first time that I saw that happening in like a video. I thought like, well, I'm never going to fucking do that. I got to find some other way to work around it. Right. And then if you play long enough, like, no, I am going to have to learn how to stomp on their sword and stab them. But once you did it, like it, there's just, there's not a workaround. Like you have to figure you it have out. To do, you have to, you have to like, I never parry in the souls games. I never like do the thing where you press the shield right before the hit comes in and you block it. Right. I either block or I just dodge roll away. You can't do like you have to be engaged and you have to be using all of its systems all the time in order to succeed. And it was as soon as I like reprogram my brain like around that like Lady Butterfly early boss fight period that the rest of the game really like smoothed out for me. Yeah, uh, which I, I thought was really interesting. I, I again, I beat this game a ton because it's also a pretty fun game to speed run because it's really just mostly a series of bosses that you can kind of sprint to. I think it is the most like satisfying game to play that came out this year. It's also very like visually striking and you know, it's a cool sort of setting and yeah. Let's move on. Rush Fresh Dick. What's the last game in this round? Okay. My game is one of the hardest games to search on Google and it is control. <laughs> Try typing control video game and see what comes up. It's generally a Wikipedia for a controller. Control is made by Remedy Entertainment. They are the studio that made Alan Wake. They also made the regrettable Quantum Break and um, the Max Payne games. 
Uh, control, real quick premise, you basically are this woman who walks into a generic building in Manhattan. It's just like an office building, but it's completely empty and you don't know why it's empty and there's a weird janitor there. And slowly but surely you get introduced to this world. Uh, the, the building is called The Oldest House and it's a world um, that is really, really tough to summarize. But effectively, there's like a Lynchian uh, mystery of um, weird objects going on where where these objects, these like very recognizable objects have like a ton of like energy and power around them, like metaphysical power. And um, there's been the science organization that's basically been studying them and understanding how they work. And it's sort of this like really, uh, I'm just talking about the narrative specifically for the time being, I think it's a perfect example of how to introduce a very complex world and universe in a very slow and methodical and thoughtful way to the point where when it starts, you have no idea what's going on and it's everything's confusing and they're throwing words at you and you don't know, but you're meant to be that confused. Like you are meant to be the outsider in this. And as the game progresses, you are slowly introduced to the reality of this world and how it works and and what it's, these terms it's, mean. It's just like you're yeah. learning a new language. It's the thing Remedy does. Like, it's the thing yeah. Remedy is good at. I, I had trouble, like, sort of conceptualizing this game until somebody sort of floated that by me. Like, like in Alan Wake, Alan Wake has this, like, supernatural entity that is, you know, kind of the antagonist. And throughout the game in, like Russ said, like a very uh, Lynchian fashion, like it, it very slowly rolls out like what the rules of this thing mm-hmm. are. And that's not, like, I don't think Alan Wake is a very fun video game mechanics wise, but like that air of mystery, I do not think there is another game developer that is as good at sort of, uh, uh, you know, developing that. Yeah, out. and I would also say, I don't think there's another developer that is doing these style of games, which I would definitely qualify as like triple A games, that is also taking so many risks with the narrative and with the game. Maybe Kojima is probably the only other uh, developer that does it. Obviously, I think Remedy's narrative chops is a lot stronger than Kojima's, as we've talked about Death Stranding quite a bit. But um, I think the ma- the amount of risks that they're taking and the fact that they're nailing them, like I think David Cage took a lot of risks. I don't think he's a good storyteller or writer. So... I think the fact that they are taking these risks and nailing them in relatively expensive, uh, you know, game design environments. This was not a $300 million game, but still, like, we're talking tens of millions of dollars to make this sort of game. And to do it in such a, like, brand new IP, risky format is is really exciting. I haven't haven't even talked about the gameplay. Someone else can do that if they want to. But um, the narrative was really, like, what struck me. I'll dig into that a little bit, but I, I think the closest comparison for people who maybe aren't familiar with Remedy games, because they are popular, but not like, I would say mainstream, mm-hmm. is uh, really The Matrix. And, and I don't mean The Matrix like, oh, we're all living in a simulation. I mean, when The Matrix originally came out, um, and it's hard to even think about this now because it's so part of pop culture, but it started out so simple and humdrum and you're just in the real world. And then gradually it reveals this, I mean, really what ends up being borderline cosmic horror. Um, the enemy of the matrix was so hard to conceptualize at that point, this idea of, Oh, we are a world or simulation within the real world. Oh, there are these forces so much bigger than us. Um, and the the environment that we live in itself is in some way the enemy. And I think the same thing is how I felt with control, where the the 
evil, the antagonist to this game, sure, they're like, I mean, it's a shooter. That That's like the third-person shooter. That's a very short way of saying it. There are enemies that you shoot, but they are the least scary thing about the, the world that you're in. There are pyramids floating in a netherverse uh, in sounds uh, that just kind of, I don't know how to even describe them. I would call Big them refrigerators you have to fight. <laughs> yes, and insects. I mean, it, it, everything, um, the very mundane can become very scary, I guess is the point of the game. Uh, yeah. Kind of like PsyOps. I'll do, I'll do the gameplay. Yeah, it's kind of like ahead, PsyOps choose. a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of psy <laughs> yeah. You got mind powers you and do, show you yeah. get third dudes. And and you feel I th- this is one of the best one of the best superhero games. I, it's not a superhero game, but it feels like you are a superhero. By the end of the game, you get so many awesome powers. And because Remedy is so obsessed with physics, like everything in the world is a physics object. So you like have a force throw and you can just like lift the desk up and the desk has like all sorts of shit on it. And that all goes flying and you're hurling stuff around and it just oh. God, it's the it best uh, Jedi game, not called Star Wars. Like, yeah. getting those yeah. Jedi yeah. powers. Yeah. Um, I, and maybe better than some called Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, y'all. Uh, what What's it going to be? What is the best game of this round? This round feels very stacked to me. It does. Mm-hmm. I tried tough. to split them up, tough one. but there's really no good way to split up all the games. So I agree. This is a very stacked Round. So we all agree it's Baba is you. Cool. cool, cool, cool okay. Cool. Oh, that is actually thank you, Plant. You've given us a good entryway. <laughs> it's definitely not Baba <laughs> is you. Good game, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I would vote for Control. I know you two are pretty jazzed about Sekiro. I am pretty. Yeah, jazzed I know about Disco Sekiro. Elysium isn't going to make it just because y'all didn't get deep enough into it. Uh, hi- highly recommend though. Please, please try and enjoy. I enjoyed that. I think the concept, like we've said it a few times now, like it. It. I hope this is the future of RPGs. It does stuff with, with CRPGs. That Griffin, has never its been corpse done is on the road. It, it's gone. We have, it's gone. We have driven it's blotting. Uh, Please root for your ninja now. My uh, Sekiro's just good. It's the best feeling fighting game ever. It's what I. I made this point when we were um, like playing and talking about Star Wars. Uh, Fallen Order, which is trying to do kind of a Souls thing. Uh, that the sword fighting just did I can't sword fighting in video games is going to be ruined for me after Sekiro. I dropped a gif in the like our Slack room uh, of just some like dope hitbox porn uh, in one of the boss fights, oh and my. it reminded me just like how slick as shit this game was. And so Sekiro and Control, dis- I think, are very similar in that they are the culmination of everything that their studios were trying to do. I think like yeah, all of From Software's games led to Sekiro and they nailed it. I think Remedy did the exact same thing with everything from Max Payne to Alan Wake to uh, Quantum Break uh, to this. The difference that I would say is Sekiro did it with the help of Activision. <laughs> and Remedy did it by... I don't think that by, should matter. Uh, no, I, I just think it's interesting that Remedy had to like piece on Microsoft partnered with 505 Games who everybody's familiar with il2 stromovic uh they brought us so many big jammers i'm yeah, saying that I, w- it's, I, would I think also... it's more incredible that control exists i think I, w- I i put them at equal levels i think they're both honestly two of the best games of the year if not the decade but i think it, since they're equal on that level if i'm thinking degree of difficulty i think it's kind of a miracle that control exists 
I uh, I had uh, a bevy of performance issues with Control, uh, and uh, on mm. the um, I guess on the what I play it on Xbox One, I guess probably probably played on Xbox One. Uh, I had a lot of performance issues with that, and I would also say that um, Control takes a much longer time to get going on, like the fun, uh, like I, it it is uh, a pretty slow start. Uh, I would say for Control. Uh, where I feel like Sekiro kind of gets gets right into it. Does what? the does the progression stuff in Control ever? Uh, it didn't really click for me. I didn't finish it, but like you find these little upgrades that you can slot in, and none of the upgrade. And this is like this is my biggest pet peeve. I talked about this last last besties when we talked about like God of War and stuff like that. Sure, like yeah. The addition of these really shallow RPG mechanics on games that like don't really need them. So like, oh, I found a boost that makes my gun recharge three percent faster. Like, yeah. I, I would I would grant exciting. that the like weird meta behind control like under the under the surface like outside of just like the weapons you find and the powers you get is does not work. It's like one of the few things in the game that like feels very oh god I forgot about all that shit I hated that Here, that all sucks. Here's the thing. Add I, this. I do ahead. not personally care who wins this round. I or get any it. I'm round glad you chipped that in matter. with that Russ. Thanks. <laughs> so I, I think Sekiro if you guys. Wins. Uh, yeah, I'm fine giving it to Sekiro. I will care a lot more in the finals because there is a game that I will fight for a little bit harder. I love Control. I think it's spectacular. Um, but I am willing to uh, concede that you guys like Sekiro more. Sorry. Fantastic. It's Sekiro. We're going to take a break now, and then we'll come back with a uh, super speedy lightning round of your submissions. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts. And you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, rocket money they make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need keep the ones you want get rid of the rest here's how it works rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and helps lower your bills they'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20 percent 
All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Okay, so I have wild card seeds here. What I did was we opened up your, you didn't know you were voting and I didn't know you were voting until I decided that you were in fact voting listeners. Uh, I asked for you, we asked for you to tell us your number one game of the year with a little bit of information about why it was your number one game of the year. And I have pulled all of your submissions uh, into a bracket. First, I want to pour one out for the games that only got uh, one vote. You proud soldiers, please keep carrying on. Ace Combat 7, <laughs> AI, The Somnium Files, Ring Fit Adventure, which is dope. Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I actually good started playing that. It's pretty good. It's, it's very good. Uh, Observation, Bloodstained, DMC5, Marvel mm. Ultimate Alliance. As Kyle says, here's Kyle's plug for his the, him, Kyle, the sole voter of Marvel Ultimate Alliance Game of the Year. He says, you get to spam hit ninjas, robots, and other weird bad guys as Daredevil or Captain Marvel because they punch the same. That's, that, is my, <laughs> that is my son's Game of the Year because you press one button and you make Spider-Man do the big kick. That's pretty good. I have broken it into actual brackets here where the games that got the most support are up against the ones that got the least support, just like in real sport, as I'm led to understand. (laughs) And uh, we're going to just blow through this and get one weird wild card winner that will go into our final bracket. We're not going to take too long. Here we go. Uh, First round with 27 votes. uh, Untitled Goose Game. A lot. It's our number one seed. A really? lot of people liked Untitled Very Goose Game. Very funny gifts. Uh, a lot of good gifts. It's up against Cadence of Hyrule, which oh, ooh, dope game, dope game. Shit, I forgot that came out this year. Oh, it's a shame we have to say goodbye to all of our listeners. But Cadence of Hyrule just uh, uh, the the small local college just destroyed Duke. And uh, yeah. Cinderella story, Kids of Hyrule. It should have been on our list somewhere. It fucking rolls. It kicks so much ass. I never actually even played Untitled Goose Game. I watched a lot of videos of it, and it seems hysterically funny. Great guess. Uh, but the congratulations, yeah. Cadence of Hyrule. <laughs> Moving on. Next up, it's a lightning round. Well, hold on. What didn't you guys like about Goose Game? It's not a great stealth game, which is to say, it's not a great game. It's really fun to watch. The memes are delicious. Okay. I think that people liked it because it's funny, not because it's yeah, good. Yeah, I think you're right. Here, that's my hot take. Round two, death with six... Well, okay. No, well, it doesn't really matter. The order does not matter. Uh, round two. With, no, I've got, it, I've got it right. With six supporters, Death Stranding. Okay. Oh, yeah. This was almost on your final list, Justin, and then you forgot that Disco wasn't there. This was almost... Well, it's not, it's not that. It's also like we just talked about Death Stranding a lot, yeah. so I wanted the opportunity to talk about, you know, the list is, is meaningless anyway. Thank you. Let's see. Uh, what did people say about um, Mario Maker 2, Ooh, yeah. which is our, our other uh, competitor for this round? Um, Super Mario Maker 2 
says Adam, because it's an infinite game. Even if you have to play 999 piece of shit garbage levels made by stupid assholes who should go to Mario jail for every one level <laughs> that isn't fucking awful trash. I love it. Strong plug uh, for so Mario Maker 2 up against ma- Death Stranding. Here's the thing. Death Stranding should have been the winner, but the buzzer beater came in literally this week with Mario Maker adding Link uh, and all the Zelda features which completely changed the game. It's wild. Griffin, do you want to explain some of those features really quick? Because I think they're worth highlighting. Right, so if you play Mario in the 8-bit sort of like visual set, you can get the Master Sword as like a power-up for Mario, and he just fucking turns into Link, and now he has a bow and arrow he can shoot. He can block stuff with his shield. Uh, He can pick up and throw bombs. Uh, And so all of these different sort of uh, mechanics that you can use to gate stuff off from regular Mario, now you can uh, bounce a spiky ball back at the thing that threw it, or you can jump in the air, shoot an arrow to activate a platform that you then land on, or... You can blow up a wall with a bomb that you just pull out of your pocket instead of having to like use some sort of bomb. You can do a butt stomp with the with the master sword. Like it changes shit. Mario should just been doing this from the beginning. What was he thinking? I have now spent time with this update, and I feel a little guilty that I chose Pokemon as my third game instead of this because this update is like out of control. Tough nuggies. Death. So it's Death Stranding. (laughs) He just got Uh, Death Stranded on the side of the road. Miyamoto-san said, here, I don't fucking know anymore. You guys finish it for me. <laughs> and you guys are like, A-plus, best game. Yeah, Better I'm- than Kojima opening up a vein. Fine, Mario, congratulations, Mario. So proud of you. Everybody cares. Third round, Borderlands 3 uh, with four votes versus Sayonara Wild Hearts with three uh, easy votes. Okay. Uh, here's what I'm going to say real quick about Sayonara Wild Hearts is a rhythm game. I mean, yeah. I mean, the level of interaction is is very limited, but I, I think it's also... A Colton little... says... I, I just want to yeah, get yeah. A, a few more reader impressions in here. Colton says, catchy Electropop songs paired with gorgeous 3D animation, a neon, cyan, and magenta aesthetic, and a short playtime made for densely packed rhythm game that feels like playing through a music video that I just want to keep replaying. That's yeah. Colton. It feels good to play. I think it looks great. And then and... AJ says... Borderlands 3 has a canon non-binary character and a gay couple that lives through the story. Listen, the bar is low. And as much as they may have fucked up otherwise, they have never backed down on these characters despite shitty fans. And goddammit, I appreciate that. Notable. Noble and notable. Did any of us play Borderlands 3? I played a few hours of it at a preview event. So I already have 100,000 guns in my home. I just couldn't (laughs) stand another million in there from Borderlands, which shoots guns out of your TV. Yeah, it's Borderlands. It, I'm sorry, I'll not to not to, one. not to defuse I, I it, know. but like the, I didn't. It didn't feel like that really any much of a departure from the game that came out f- seven years ago. Also, here's the thing: whichever one wins, I'm going to be honest, is not going to win in the next round. So sure, I. So let's congratulate Sayonara Wild Hearts for at least doing yeah, something new, yes. and also free with Apple Arcade. And I think it's a really, really great like. Yes, yeah, it's a great. I like it's a great play with a controller though. Service. Don't play it on a touchscreen. Okay, last round. And y'all were fucking wild for this one, huh? Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah, this was almost on my top three, to be perfectly honest. People were wild about it. Uh, 23 of y'all thought that this was a very good game. David said, Fire Emblem should be game of the year because Edelgard smashed the iron fist of a corrupt religious institution, the status quo of arranged marriages, and the harmful notion that only people with magic crests matter, all in one fell swoop. I don't know what any of that fucking (laughs) means, but it sounds good to me. Yeah, it's a good game. I I, I really enjoyed it. I played it through twice. Um, It's a great Fire Emblem game, and... um, 
Yeah, I really liked it, but I kind of fell off because running around the school and you find a handkerchief and then you talk to 40 people saying, is this your handkerchief? Is this your handkerchief? What about this? Is this your handkerchief? It's called Persona, Griffin. You love Persona, and that's that same shit with the school. Uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm actually going to put it up against uh, uh, Ring Fit Adventure. Okay. (laughs) Wait, what was it supposed to be It was Zelda, right? We had a lot of, like, single vote. Okay, you know, actually, I'm sorry. There was a number two with two votes that actually should be in this round right now, and it's Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, oh, oh. no. Here I go. Here I go. Here I go again. <laughs> uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Hey, boy, we're doing like a year-end wrap-up episode, I think, next yeah, week. Yeah, but we're not going to be talking about specific games in that. So, Oh, well, then Kingdom Hearts 3 is like the worst game I've ever played <laughs> in my entire life. It's the worst game I've ever finished in my entire life. Were you satisfied with the arc of Mickey by and large? That's all I want. I wasn't satisfied with any of the arcs and and like it was not even an issue of me not understanding the story is an issue of that the story was bad and the game felt bad and you mashed buttons until you turned into a carousel <laughs> or a big lion and it just it uh, I, I wow I've never gone into the end level of a game with more sort of disdain for it than, than I did this one uh, and but that DLC maybe that's what's going to make it all sort of click together who knows <laughs> I knows and the answer is knows uh, so Fire Emblem sure sure yes Fire Emblem. which one yeah, had sure. Donald Duck squawking out this might be a good place to find some ingredients every 15 feet was that Fire Emblem I think or it was, was Fire that Kingdom Hearts 3 so yes was he sedated it, it sounds literally every 15 this might be a good place to find some ingredients okay I can't do this anymore Cadence of Hyrule versus Mario Maker 2 Mario Cadence Maker of 2 Hyrule. Mario Maker 2 Fine. Cadence of Hyrule. Oh, well, fuck. fuck me. I thought this was supposed to be quick and easy. Uh, I'll give him Mario. We all liked Cadence of Hyrule. Only half of us like Mario Maker 2. Cadence of Hyrule. Cadence yes. of Hyrule. Deal. Fine. Okay. Round two. Uh, Sayonara versus Fire, Fire Emblem. Fire, Fire Emblem. Emblem. I guess Fire Emblem. Uh, Fire Emblem versus Cadence of Hyrule. I'll die. I will it's fucking Cadence of Hyrule. die. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, correct, Chris. Fine, Play. Does anybody else know the right I answer? I love both of the games, so I don't feel bad. Yeah, I do, I do too. I can we get a third? You didn't love it in the sense that you kept playing it until you had completed it. So love seems what like do you a mean? bit of a strong word from you, Griffin. No, Griffin. Oh, Griffin. I think Griffin that, bailed on this game that he loved. Yeah, but I finished three Fire Hearts Emblem. 3, for the record. <laughs> I think Three Houses... Yeah, fine. I think Three Houses <laughs> is a step down from the 3DS uh, Fire Emblem games, and I think that Cadence of Hyrule is like a wild stepped up from like Necrodancer and all those. I think it's okay. great. I feel I good about that. I think the story that. is better, but... We did it. Okay, so okay, congratulations, Cadence of Hyrule, the wild card winner. We could have a third Zelda game win Besties Game of the Year. This is possible. <laughs> Spoilers, it's there possible. is no way. <laughs> yeah, there's no way, but uh, it's possible. It's, it's not possible in the traditional sense. <laughs> was there? Uh, was there any? Uh, I've, do we have time to talk about? Like, is there? Do you guys have any? Before we decide game of the year, do you guys have any other honorable mentions for 2019? <sighs> anything that you want to champion? Anything you? Anything you spent time with that we have not discussed? Uh, Card of Darkness and Grindstone were two like excellent mobile games that I continue to play the a first- ton of, as well as Pokemon Go. That's the first it. 90 stages of Grindstone until it actually becomes a game about grinding, at which point, no thank you. But you it doesn't matter because it's on Apple Grindstone? Arcade. What? 
You played 90 stages that game? Yeah, and then after that, there's a lot more, and you actually have to grind to play them. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Just quick quick games of service update. Destiny 2 and Final Fantasy 14 both got expansions with Shadow in the title, and both of them pretty fucking good. <laughs> good job, everybody. Keep them, keep them going. World of Warcraft saw that and was like, our next one's a Shadow 1 too. No. <laughs> I beat you, World of Warcraft. I beat World of Warcraft because I don't want to play it anymore. Um. Okay. So... No, I don't think anyone else has any other ones. I, th- I think we've... there's lots of good games. Yeah. Do you have one? <laughs> you did a face that says definitely not. <laughs> what about Dragon Quest Builders Two? Very good game. Very good. Yeah, that was actually a very that's a that's a somebody just needs to tell experience. people that make JRPGs to like I've been here before. I know what A does and how it swings a sword. Just just accept that it's okay. You can we can move on. Beyond that, it's very good. Divinity Original Sin on the Switch. Like, there was a ton of fucking good games this year. Yeah, uh, Divinity came out. The Switch version's very good, but effectively, that was like a last year game. Time. I will say, the the most interesting thing to me about this year is that none of the, like, looking at the reader feedback, none of the games had, like, incredible critical mass over the others. It wasn't, like, some clear, like, Untitled Goose Game is a joke uh, game that I'm a, a lot of people like because it was, like, silly, and it brought them a lot of joy in a year where they needed it, which I can completely get but there wasn't a zelda or or a god of equivalent. war yeah a, a Red yeah Dead right yeah because yeah, it's all those like big big studio games are working on next gen for the most part next gen yeah um okay so do you guys want to do this in rounds or do you just want to talk about the four games and pick the, the best four. one yeah let's do the four and then we can start peeling them off uh kids of okay. hyrule thank you for joining us you brought us a lot of joy you were a fun <laughs> game let me say something without being dismissive. Games of Hyrule is better than Luigi's Mansion. No, that's false. false. It is actually. Here's a, here's interesting. Oh I have some data here. I'd like to rifle. The, hold on, I got my date. Let me get my papers in order. It says they say it's better than that. <laughs> like that Luigi. Okay, say your name out loud if you have completed the game Luigi's Mansion Three. Oh come on, man! I'm on, you, I'm on the last Just, level. Uh, we all love this. this I'm on the game, last level. Best games of the year. No, no, no. We all love this game. This best game of the year. Of the four of us, which one of you has completed it the most? Would you say this like fucking absolutely manageable, not extremely long Nintendo it's game solid that we all hours. love and adore? How much? How many of us have completed it to completion? What if at the end? Luigi becomes like like starts professing the the benefits of the white race. <laughs> like you have fucking no clue. Before we play this game, how many games did I finish at all this year? Probably not many. Not many of them because because you're I, not I, a real I, gamer. I'm here to try the wonderful journey of so many video games, and then to hop off when I feel the right time has come to try something new. I just I just think that me and Justin's votes should count as double since we're the only true gamers on this oh. podcast. What about what about Cadence of Hyrule? I, Did, I beat it, yeah. Yeah, I beat yeah, it. I, Griffin, I, Chris? I 100% of that shit. I didn't beat it. I'm, I'm still playing it. Okay, so... What I'm saying is, Ugh, no, no, Luigi's man. Now this is a, not an uh, this is not an unfair argument. Yes, it is. If you are playing through a game and you're like, you get to a point where you're like, eh, I get it. Like you don't then say, yeah, I get it. It's one of the best games of the year. <laughs> anyway, I don't want any more. I of was it. playing Luigi's Mansion like, last night, Justin. Yes. literally last night. Also, uh, pause playing. again. I want to hammer this home, Griffin. 
McRoy finished Kingdom Hearts 3. Put it on a t-shirt. It doesn't. That's finishing, long. Finish, I, I have to agree with Chris here. Finishing things doesn't mean <laughs> shit not anymore. I will say finishing something doesn't mean you like it. Not finishing it wow. does mean that it's no, not one of bullshit. your favorite things of it the year. It means you are a grown-up who doesn't always have time. I think that's what it means. Yeah, <laughs> I, dis- I disagree with the point you're making. Because I, I, we all three, I mean, drag. but three of the four of us made time to finish the great experience Kings of Hyrule. Kings of Hyrule is like 30 minutes Kings of Hyrule is three though. hours long, Yeah, it's a, short, it's a short one. Maybe if Luigi was shorter, we could play the entire game. Okay, but all right, that's fine. They're both Let out. me just say, Kings of Hyrule, real quick, has maybe the best Zelda soundtrack Ever? Oh yeah, no doubt. It's fucking wicked. That sounds. Should correct. we should we do gut check? All count of three, and then just say the game that we're thinking of. Four. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. List them. List all four for our our wonderful all, all listeners. We have Outer Wilds, Luigi's Mansion, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, the newest game from Activision, <laughs> the studio behind Crash Bandicoot, and Cadence of Hyrule. Okay. And then we'll do one, two, three, and then on that, that four beat, we'll say what the winner is. Oh, God, okay. the timing. Okay, okay, are you ready? Here, I'm going to count it yeah. down. One, two, three, Outer Wilds. Sekiro. Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, the newest game from Activision, <laughs> the studio behind Crash Bandicoot. What did you say, Russ? I said Luigi's Mansion. What did you say, Chris? Outer Wilds. I will say the problem with this from my voting. I'm going to switch to Cadence just so we're all completely. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the problem with my voting is this. Outer Wilds, I physically couldn't play because it made me vom. Uh, and Sekiro may be too scared because it was too hard. So really, there are only two games in here that I played extensively. And uh, of those two games, Luigi's Mansion was definitely my favorite. Uh, this is, I mean, this is a, this is such a weird year. It's a weird year. It's, it's a weird year. such a weird year. I said that last year too, but last year seems like you know wait what was last year wasn't last year breath of the wild or is that two years ago no that was two years ago two, last year was red dead and god oh, of war like, god those of were war, the two right. games that like we yeah. were trying to think of like most oh, man, most, most war, places are picking red between dead, those that two. was depressing <laughs> um beloved unenjoyable game uh yeah i don't know guys sekiro was just uh it was it was my number one with a bullet but that said uh i think that I think it would be disingenuous for me to pick Cadence just because I did really, really like it, but it didn't make like a... Yeah, it wouldn't uh, be in my top five, for It example. didn't make a, such an impression, uh, which I think you could figure out by whenever it made the lightning round list. I had forgotten about that game's very existence. Um, okay, well, let's shuffle it off. Jettison Fair. it in yeah. space. I would also... Uh, Mr. Luigi can, is also dismissed from class. He may leave the room. I, None of us liked his game enough to keep playing it. We all stopped. I love that game. That's not... Okay, wait. Okay, stop. One second. What? If this was... I know that uh-huh. it's not 100% comparable. Oh, no. If this was a discussion no. about movies no. or books no. and or paintings, Justin, and we're like, I'm gonna go to three quarters of the painting. Let me finish okay, this thought, please. I know where we're going and then, I, and then you can have. I, if you're like, I looked at three quarters of the painting. I got it. Flowers, sky, whatever. Best painting of the year. If you were reading a book and you're like, I don't know, I got through twenty or so chapters. I get it. Man loves woman, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, best book of the year. Movie. 
I don't know. I got an hour and a half in, and there was like Tyler Durden was like this guy's friend or something. I don't know, but I loved it. Best movie of the year. Uh, it's it's to use that analogy, Justin. It would be like if Russ went to watch the Sekiro painting, and a big big man just picked him up and put him in a garbage can. <laughs> Sekiro does not have to meet the standard of completion because it is challenging. Luigi does have to meet the standard of completion. It's not challenging. It just gets boring after a while and everybody stops playing it. I completely disagree with Justin. I just want that on the record. But I do agree that we can now jettison Luigi into space because I do Fine. think this is going to be between Outer Wilds, which is the game that people will remember, I think, for a long time. And Sekiro, a game that is probably the best made game of the year. Like, I think it's just very clean and well executed. It's for gamers, is what you're saying. Sekiro's it's for, for gamers. gamers with a capital Z. Yeah. I love that control. I'm not, like, the biggest fan of, in the world, but I love that it... I love that Remedy... I don't know who keeps doing it, but I do love that Remedy gets to keep doing this. Yes. It should not have happened again after Quantum shocked. Break, right? They should have been making Wait, a fucking... Did you just throw Control mo- back in the Are you Quake expansion? <laughs> Are you slipping like Control back into the final round? Ah, just talking about Control. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Outer Wilds... Uh, oh, man. So if God, I had that's... to pick between these two, knowing what I know about these two, I would pick Outer Wilds. Interesting. Ooh. Welcome to the rumble. This is, I think I, Outer Wilds does something that no other game has ever done ever. Uh, Sekiro does something, a very refined version that the same studio has done many times. That's a novelty bias, though. That doesn't account for quality. Uh, I mean, again, I can't comment fully because Outer Wilds made me vomit. So... I... It's... This, this is... Uh, one of these was my like road dog in terms of just like I want to be a cool samurai and do dope ass fights and kill a big gorilla, and the other one gave me uh, existential dread. So like one of the, one of them one of them scratched a, a which very do you think ser- serious question? Which do you think you're gonna remember more uh, uh, clearly in five years? That's a tough question because I uh, just sort of got my gaming PC hooked back up and I have this uncontrollable itch that I'm going to give way to to buy Sekiro on PC so I can play it again on like high-ass definition uh, settings. And okay. I will still like go back and replay like Octor. Now high-ass definition actually just affects the polygons. Of the butt, yeah. And the light of the yeah. butt. Uh, I... I don't know. I, I think that I will replay Sekiro in a way that I, I haven't really gone back and uh, replayed but a lot Sekiro's of the But Sekiro's designed songs. to be replayed. I mean, I don't know that that's... Sure, yeah, but I don't think that that discounts it, right? Like, it's in the same way that I still go back and replay Ocarina of Time. I think that I am going to go back and just replay Sekiro because it's just fun to play. How do I get Outer... that big Goron sword? Uh, What? Oh, you're... That's not in the... You've been mistaken. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, but Outer Wilds does it, it introduces it sort of in the same way that we talked about Oberdin last year. Like it's kind of a new kind of gameplay formula. I would argue uh, that is a huge success in, on top of the like narrative things that it. Yes. it, it I'm, I'm going to put forward an idea for the value of this this very prestigious award that will influence really the uh, the direction of the industry for decades to come. Uh, I think when we throw the prestigious besties bestie behind a game we are also championing it 
uh, and introducing it to an audience that maybe uh, would have missed it the first time. And I would say, I think Sekiro is doing just fine. I think the people who care about Sekiro, they've had, they've had their time with Sekiro. They love Sekiro. I think there are a lot of people who maybe, maybe us giving Outer Wilds the bestie bestie is going to be what gets them over that hump, makes them go buy that vomit bag, put it next to them on the couch, and play the greatest game of the year. I don't care about that. Um, <laughs> uh, a valiant effort. It's a right. sweet effort. I'm, well, I am here, take my I'm, vote out of it. No, because... I'm fine with Outer Wilds. I am okay. f- I'm, I'm genuinely fine like putting putting a vote down on Outer Wilds. I think that uh, Sekiro was my number one. Outer Wilds was probably my my number two. And we can all agree that it was my speech that won everybody over. Uh, Outer Wilds uh, is really interesting, and I think that they had enough like serious missteps in in where it ends up in terms of like what point like this is not about like finishing the game this is about like the way the mechanics have been designed to make progressing through it really challenging and kind of inscrutable like there's a lot of stuff that i would have liked to have seen from outer wilds um and too many of the elements were so frustrating uh in a way that like i think uh, I don't know. It put me off of of actually like the the entire experience because it seemed to invest. Like if you're doing all this other interesting stuff, why do I have to fuck around with spaceship it's funny controls? Because like that's my feeling on Sekiro. Is like kind of like what Fresh was saying is, I and I know that, that that's not a fault of the game design. But the mechanics though. of Sekiro are the experience. That's true. Like that's true. the experience of Sekiro is like is the idea of mastering these but I think controls the, the, and like uh, lack of clarity is. A huge chunk of the experience in Outer Wilds. Well, that's also, uh, yeah, I mean, you could leverage that at literally any FromSoft game. Uh, and I would argue that Sekiro is the best about that because, again, like, these are the tools. There's not, like, a bunch of other shit that you have to... I remember the first time I played through Dark Souls, I don't think I upgraded a weapon. And I beat the final boss and then, like, got on YouTube and realized, like, oh, my God, like, that's actually a huge part of this. Why didn't they ever really lean hard into that uh, i think this year might fall down to the passion and it seems like the passion is most on Sekiro's side yes i think i think that is true and i'm fine removing my given the fact that like i genuinely physically couldn't play one of the games and was like just a little bit too scared to play the other game i'm fine removing my vote from the equation which is to say I think just with Griffin and Justin voting, it probably is Sekiro, no matter what Plant says. Sorry, Plant. <laughs> it's okay. So congratulations to Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, the newest game from Activision, the studio <laughs> behind Crash Bandicoot. A lot of good games this year to go out and enjoy. All these games are well worth playing. Yeah, uh, and, and, and just to say this real quick, like, I am genuinely really thrilled with our entire list, including the submissions that the fans made. Like, there's a lot of awesome games in this list. And if. You- Except for the three of you that voted for Breath of the Wild. Sorry, Come guys. On. That was a few years ago. Uh, we're not going to put Galaga up here. But the. I don't know. It's like an awesome list, and I'm really happy with it. And I think even if it, your favorite game wasn't the game that was chosen, you should still, I'm sure, be very happy with any of the four games that were in the finals or really any of the. 20 hey, did we bring about. up Link's Awakening though? Did we talk about no, Link's Awakening? Uh, no, 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 we're not adding games. Start over. It's too late. Start, Start the show over. over. Start Y'all, over. Here's the thing. This year, I, I'm, I, I think we all had fun. We all seemed like we still like each other. It was some fun sparring, like gentle sparring on the mat. Next year, bloodbath. Next year, new consoles yes. come out. Murder. Next year, Big some boys huge come out games. To play. 
I hope you all are ready to bleed because I am gonna What's that be... sound? Woof woof. That's Master Chief. The big dog's back, baby. Uh, real games will be out next year, folks. <laughs> Don't worry. Enough of this twee bullshit. The real big boys of video games. Will be back. Master, Master Chief, Chief would have stomped friends. Sekiro's ass. <laughs> Next week, we're going to be talking about our highlights and lowlights of 2019. If you've got one you'd like to share with us in a sentence, send it to mail at besties.fan. We should mention this is not like the game you liked or disliked. It's more about like events or moments like E3. Moments, trends. VR. How do you you feel about VR? Stadia. Did you all see that the Stadia version of that new um, Darksiders Genesis, the Stadia version is $10 more expensive than the... (laughs) But, but Justin, <laughs> you can play it anywhere. Uh, we will be back with you again next week. Don't forget, uh, we are coming up on the end of the year. After uh, year's end, episodes of The Besties will only be available on Spotify. All you have to do is follow and listen for free. You don't need a subscription or a paid account. Uh, you can uh, do it for free. And yeah, the exclusive episodes start on January 3rd. We're going to kick things off in January with a big uh, most anticipated of 2020 episodes. So that's going to be only on Spotify. And here's here's another thing. Just a, a quick thing that you can do. You're enjoying the show. Uh, go on that Twitter.com. You can send a tweet to us. You know what? Put, put Spotify on there and let them know how absolutely grateful and just wonderful you Thank are. Thank you, Spotify. For getting us on this platform. I'm sure that their social media manager will love this. And it will help us stay on the wonderful place that is Spotify. And I think I've said it before, but literally the show would not be truth weekly. It probably would not exist <laughs> without Spotify. So thank you, Spotify. <laughs> uh, and thank you to you for listening. That's going to do it for us. Be sure to join us again next week for the besties, because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? a Spotify original podcast in association with Vox Media. The show is edited by Jelani Carter. And our theme song is by Ian Dorsch. Besties!